Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the windy show. The windy show. It's windy today, and we're sitting around smiling like clever little primates because <laughs> you know what we did? Got in our bike ride early, early before the wind picked up. I was starting to feel it tug to me, but it's nothing like this. It's blowing a good twenty mile an hour now. It's it's going pretty good. So, welcome to the show. Beautiful day outside. Half inch of rain yesterday, which is great because our garden's happy. And we're off. It's a beautiful blue day, and we're off on the road to the place. Actually, we're off on a very, very convoluted route to the place. We're going around the horn. And one of the reasons we're going around the horn is because you have to, if you have a place that you're bugging out to, you have to know all the ways in and out, okay? And normally I don't like racking up that many miles on my car, but we're in the last day of a rental car. So I don't care how many miles we put on this car. Rental cars can go anywhere and can go an infinite amount of miles. That's right. Especially so, if you put a damage liability waiver on them. Yes, absolutely. So that's what we're doing right now. We're going to... Uh, go around the horn. We're going to go in the back way to the place and make sure that we know the way to get there so that even if the water is really, really, really high, there's really only one way to get to the place when the water is really, really, really high. And we're going to make sure that it will work because we've checked it once, but, you know, it's been a couple of years and it's just time to get, to remind each other and ourselves how to do it. So. And to check roads. To check roads. Because that's what today is about. See what condition the roads in. See, make sure that, that everything's open, everything's in good condition. And, uh, yeah. Now, we're probably going to be all right because these are paved roads. The ones we're choosing today are paved roads. There yes. are unpaved roads to the place as well. Those get a little sketchy. And Those range from a little sketchy to... Really, really barely, sketchy. Barely roads. <laughs> to roads where you see gravel going to gravel with a little grass in the middle. Going to gravel with a lot of grass in the middle between the two tire marks. And then they to, become just suggestions. Yeah, to where the tire marks start disappearing and the gravel goes away. That's when you know you're getting... To that point. But here's the thing. A lot of the places that are great places to bug out to or to go out and uh, practice skills, if you want to practice woodsman skills, a lot of those places are on the tiny little barely roads that aren't paved and often aren't maintained or are barely maintained. So I was uh, visiting my sister this week. And my sister lives out in some place that's a heck of a lot more rural than our tiny little town. Our town. Not necessarily the place. It's pretty rural, but it's about the same level of ruralness. Yeah. Except for the place is not, is kind of right off of a paved road, which is not an accident, by the way. Yeah. It's a we very obscure little paved road that nobody goes down. You'll go an hour there without hearing a car go by. But. She has to go a couple of miles on a gravel road to even get to the nearest pavement. 
And a couple miles isn't that bad. And it's a high-quality gravel road, as gravel roads go. But still, as I was uh, getting up in the morning and going for a walk, and I walked just that two-mile stretch of gravel to the paved road and back just to enjoy the woods that she lives out in the middle of. And I noticed so many road hazards that are, you know, quite common on that kind of roads. I thought it would be worth talking about them. Because if you spend most of your time on paved roads, these might not really be on your radar as problems. But if you're trying to bug out somewhere, they're likely to be have to be on your radar. Go for it. So the first thing I noticed is... Uh, the homestead that she lives on, they got about 40 acres there, used to have two houses on it. Now it's got one where she lives. And the other one has been let go. It's been about three years since anybody uh, went down to the old house site. So you get to the end of the gravel, and it splits to their driveway, which they keep rocked. And it splits the other way, which three years ago was what I would call a mud road but perfectly passable for um, a car if you were careful or preferably a, a truck or four-wheel drive kind of thing. That's where it was three years ago. And I checked yesterday, completely impassable to any vehicle without a brush cutter on the front because the cedar trees had grown up in the middle of the roadbed. And people don't realize how fast this can happen. Yeah, you can get a three-inch diameter cedar tree in, well, clearly in three years or less. <laughs> I wasn't even sure that was supposed to be the road. So I ducked past the cedars, and yep, they've still I can see the suggestions of rock on the side, on each side. So that was supposed to be the road. I go another 20 feet. Giant tree falling across the road. Uh, I don't mean giant sequoia tree, but I mean, if you were looking at trying to drive past it, absolutely no shot of getting past it in any kind of vehicle without cutting it up. Absolutely no shot of human muscle power just shoving it out of the way enough to let you get past. Absolutely no shot of cutting it up with those cute little survival saws that are made of wire with two little rings on the end. I don't know if you've ever tried your cute little survival saw. But I tried my cute little survival saw. And what I found is if I wanted to take a branch that had an inch diameter or an inch and a half diameter, and I wanted to cut it up to make firewood, that cute little survival saw did a good job. And if I wanted to trim anything better than that, if it was two inches, two and a half inches, sufficient cussing could get it done. Anything more than that, just not happening with the survival saw. And this tree was a oh, 14-inch, 15-inch diameter, something like that. Mr. Chainsaw. Mr. Chainsaw. Or Mr. Big Saw. Big Handsaw or Big chainsaw. Handsaw or Chainsaw is what it would take. And there were actually, was another one of those in the quarter mile I walked down what used to be the drive to the old home place. So three impassable barriers and one really sketchy washout in a quarter mile of something that was a perfectly good passable road three years ago. And that's not uncommon for the kind of roads we're talking about. I actually mentioned it to her later and asked her about it. She says, oh yeah, we've had to cut our way out a time or two from here. 
because even that good gravel road that they're on, the trees come up close to it, and trees die, and when the wind blows, trees fall down. They've been trapped in there by uh, trees falling across the road that they couldn't drive past before. They make sure they keep, uh, actually they have two chainsaws, both battery operated and a uh, small gas powered one. Two is one when you got to get out. And they've had to cut their way out a time or two. The other uh, barrier that I noticed worth talking about was the softness of it. Now, on the good gravel road, you are on the good, it's the highest quality gravel road you find in Missouri. While you were on the roadbed, it was perfectly good and solid. And even though they'd gotten some rain lately, and I was in a rental car, or not a four-wheel drive, not an SUV, no problem, there were no ruts, there was no washboarding, it was a nice gravel road. But on either side, they had 10 to 14, depending on where you were, inch trenches, where two cars had had to pass. Clearly it had been people in pickup trucks, because you don't make trenches that deep without trucks. And one had edged to the side to make enough room for the other one. Because in a good stretch of gravel road, you can just barely get two big vehicles past each other. You got about a quarter of an inch off what was intended to be the roadbed, and it went to completely soft. And the trucks buried themselves 10 to 14 inches deep. And made trenches with the wheels. You could see where they'd gone off past each other. And they got back on because they were in four-wheel drive trucks, but... If you were in a car, it wouldn't be happening. You wouldn't be getting back out of that. So, you know, a couple of things about, you know, people talk about bug-out vehicles. And it's kind of hard. A bug-out vehicle is kind of a hard subject to really talk about. <coughs> Excuse me. Because so many people have so many different ideas, so many people have so much different ability to own vehicles. By that, I mean not only just a perfect bug-out vehicle is going to be a really lousy, everyday driver. Yeah, terrible. To be honest with you. And a lot of people can't really afford to keep either financially or have a place to put the thing to keep a extra bug-out vehicle. Like, we have three vehicles. We have two cars. Uh cars we drive to work and then we have the old farm truck which we use for farm truck kind of stuff at the place i mean that's what it does sometimes you have to carry stuff bales of straw uh loads of manure wire you know all kinds of stuff but none of these i would really call a bug out vehicle for a um dedicated bug out scenario because well first of all we're kind of already living in one of our two bug out locations and secondly the other one is within bicycle ride of where we live so our bicycles are bug out vehicles if there's like an emp or something like that and we need to go out there even though we wouldn't go out there for an emp nope our our uh, bug out location is not specifically at this point in its development, it is basically just for something like uh, a isolation incident where we need to be isolated in case of a major pandemic. 
that's really what what we're looking at now. Yes. We, for some reason, we need to get out of town just to isolate ourselves from other human beings. And if we needed some place to live, if there was a chemical spill from a truck going through our town or something like that, and we had to evacuate. Or yeah. Or um, if our house burned down, heaven forbid, we needed a place to stay for a night or two. We, we could got blown that. away by a tornado, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's come within a mile of that before. And stuff like that. And eventually, it'll, we're, we're hoping it'll be a little more than that. But right now, that's where we're at. So, long story short, um, if you know where you're going, if you know the range of where you're going... You know the roads you're going to be going on, and you have a, you know, then that's one kind of vehicle. If you know you're going to be bugging out into the woods, which is yeah, not recommended. If you don't have a, a place selected and already set up, it's probably not a good idea. We've got a separate podcast on that. Yeah, well, yeah and we, we talked about that before. But that takes a different kind of bug-out vehicle. You know, a lot of people, they, they do their, their bug-out vehicle thinking the same way that uh, they look at Rambo movies, okay? <laughs> I mean, you think a, a bug-out vehicle has to be a humongous, ridiculous, 10-foot-tall, four-wheel drive, the most conspicuous-looking uh, thing on the planet. They don't fit down narrow tracks, and they don't get good gas mileage. They're very top, uh, very top uh, heavy. They don't corner well. Uh, yada yada yada. So we're not. This is, I don't want to turn this into a bug out vehicle thing, but part of what you got to consider is okay if you're going to have a vehicle that you're going to be bugging out in, okay, and you're going to bug out in your car. That's fine. That's great. But does your car have ground effects? If your car has ground effects, if it's just slow, you're not getting down some of these gravel roads. It's just not going to happen without dragging the whole way. You're going to destroy your car doing it. Even if it doesn't have special ground effects, some co- cars with poor clearance have trouble in general on gravel well, roads. Well, any, any, any modern car with low ground effect, I mean, any kind of low front bumper, front spoiler, anything like that, there's, there are all kinds of them. Um, we had a moderate thunderstorm while I was there, and on my walk the next morning, I had to toss like a dozen chunks of uh, fallen wood out of the road, which would have been iffy to get a car over. That all have been fine for trucks, but one. I did shove one aside that I would have hesitated to drive over in a truck because it had a high, snaggy piece that could snag something from the undercarriage. But yeah. Sorry. That's a that's a bunch of wood to have to remove in two miles from a moderate thunderstorm. And another thing in that part of the state, at least, you have to know your kind of know your roads. In that part of the state, here our roads are built on top of topsoil, so it's not that big of a deal. You're not going to really run into it uh, down there. Their roads are built on top of rock, so if the gravel kind of gets separated and pushed aside, they may be sitting on top of a rock road. So the gravel kind of gets pushed down, and the rock, kind of big chunks of rock, start coming through the road. Yeah, their gravel was naturally occurring gravel, in fact. They never had graveled that road. They just scraped the top, the both inches of topsoil off of it. 
Yeah, and so, but there might be a good solid rock. So if you're going down there at a good rate of speed, you hit your oil pan and cause. I mean, if you ever done that, that is eye opening. Uh, tear your muffler off and all kinds of stuff. So I've left a muffler on. Actually, I wasn't driving, but I've been with somebody who left a muffler behind on one of those. Not even driving unreasonably. It was just big rock sticking up, hit a bump. There it goes. So one of my suggestions is find a gravel road in your area and drive your car down. And I know that sounds strange, but you know, there are, we owned a car, a Mustang, actually, where I almost put that car in the ditch the first time I drove it on a gravel road because I drove it like every other car I'd owned. I didn't know that that car was, for some reason, something about the, the suspension of that car did not like gravel roads. It was a complete squirrel on gravel. I mean, it just went absolutely nuts. You'd be driving down the road, all of a sudden you just go, start going wobbling back and forth at 30 miles an hour on a gravel. I mean, you could just could not. I learned not to take that car down gravel roads. Worst car I ever owned, too, by the way. Yeah. And... If you are off of a good gravel road and you start seeing the grass median in the middle, you are at risk, in a car at least, of having it be so soft that your wheels sink in and get stuck. And you might come to a low water crossing where even a truck will get stuck or the ruts will, wheels will so go so deep in ruts that the underside of the car or truck starts dragging. We uh, did that unintentionally once in one of our vehicles. Fortunately, it was a four-wheel drive vehicle. It was it a two-wheel drive vehicle. It was? Yeah. Oh, that, wow. That was a, that was a two-wheel drive vehicle. Oh, that was, yeah. I got to tell the story. So, He's a master driver, so let him tell the story. All right. We, we were just, we were fairly new to our to the area. We hadn't lived there that long. And they had the, there's a road I hadn't been down. So I'm like, yeah, let's just go down this road. And it was a decent-looking road, but it had been raining. So I'm like, okay. So I pop over this hill, and the gravel road turns instantly into a mud road. That rocked it to the top of the hill. And just over the top. So I'm driving, and so, boof, we're on this mud road. So I stop, and I try to I put the truck in, in, in reverse after I'm, you know, 100 50, 200 feet down the hill already. And that truck just starts spinning and squirreling because it's a two-wheel drive on the mud. And there's no way I'm backing that thing back up. Now, I got to tell you, this this truck, it was a heavy half Ford uh, full-size pickup truck, 78, I think. Uh, 351 Cleveland in it. I mean, this truck had more Big motor people. guts than, I mean, but it would get stuck on wet grass. I'm not even joking <laughs> here. Now, I had big, big tires on, heavy tires, because we use this for carrying our camper. And so I had really good quality tires on it. And so I'm just like, well, there's no way. I know we're about six miles out of town. There's no way. I figured out when I go over the hill where this road's going because I know the other end of this because I've never gone down it because it was mud. Yeah, the other end looks worse than this end. And I'm just like, well, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to tell her, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to steer for the ruts and 
get as close to town as we can before we get stuck. Reduce our walk. We're going to have walk. to I find, mean, we're find somebody get with a tractor here, to haul us out. We're going to have to have somebody tow us out. And not another truck either, a tractor. Yeah, it's going to take a tractor to get us out of here. So I've already changed my wallet. Well, let's just see how close we can get. So I take off. And we're going down this road, and, of course, it's just mud's just flying everywhere. It's coming up over the grill. I can't see a thing. She's rolling down her window. She rolls down her window, and she's looking out in front, telling me to go left or right, because I can't see a thing. Telling him which way his wheels are turned, because you can't tell that. Yeah, either. I can't even tell which way my wheels are turned. It doesn't, the, turning the wheels doesn't have enough impact on which way the car's moving to be sure which way your wheels are pointing at a given moment. And, we're, and my we're, face is getting plastic. We're passing mud. trucks that had been out mudding. If you don't know what mudding is, you're not a rural person. Mudding is just going out there and fighting roads like this and having fun. But until you get stuck, and then it's until you get stuck. Yeah, well, yeah, and these trucks are set up for it. They've got you know winches to pull themselves out, but there are no trees to winch up to. And we you know, we pass a, a cluster of three trucks that are obviously there from the day before Some that are all trying to pull others out. <laughs> You know, and we're just, I just basically riding the ruts, and somehow or other, I'm just gunning it. The engine's smoking, temperature lights going, or temperature gauge is going up and up and up. And somehow, by the grace of God Almighty, we got back on the gravel. So we get back up the gravel, I, I stop, because we're on the gravel. Whew. I look over at her, and I know I am just going to. She is going to lay into me like nothing else. She looked over at me and she kind of grins. She says, hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, we we had to, I think we had a, a pop or something like that. We had to dump it on the windshield. And it took us. To be able to see out. Car wash at the time was like 50 cents for a four minutes. It took us, oh, I think, four or five dollars. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was just covered in mud. Like, unbelievable. They Things can go south in a hurry on those roads. So That was kind of fun when you think about it. It was. I, I was kidding about doing it again because I in no way wanted to hassle with getting the truck pulled out of there. And, and there, it was an extremely near thing. Then there was that time we went down. We had a rental vehicle. It was a van. No, it was a car. It was a car. It was a car. car. Um, and we got down one of these roads. We're, we were actually, this is back when we were shopping for the place. And it was one of those deals where we had the, we had the rental car anyway. So we're like, hey, let's just go out Sunday and, and we'll, we'll shop for the place. You know, this is back in the day when we were shopping. And we got down one of those roads and it was wet. And this was a new road. And the, the uh, surface of the road was very, very new. Which means it's very slippery because the rocks haven't been packed. And we're going lower and lower and it's getting, you know, we're all, we're making an inch deep rut. We're making an inch and a half deep rut. We're making a two inch rut and it's getting worse. And we look down the hill and there's a shimmer of water at the bottom of the hill. And we'd be like, nah, nah. We'd be like, nah. So I'm like, okay, well, we're. Two and a half, three miles down this road. This has got a backup camera. Hey, let's just back out of this. Because there was no way. There were no side driveways or anything else where you could turn around. That they, were, You dropped immediately off the road into deep ditches. There was no turning around for 
two or three miles behind us. Right. And we were like, we we're like, I don't care how good of location or how good of a property this is. This is the only way in and out. So, no. <laughs> so, no. I, can't, I mean, I, what good is a bug out location you can't get to? So, Cora did. And we're back. You didn't even know we were going, but we're back. We had a, a super urgent appointment with a pizza that we had to <laughs> that we had to meet there. We were both what's the word they use? Sharp set. We were a little sharp set, I'm afraid to say. So yeah, we had a we had a pizza and we're back. And we're talking about roads less traveled, literally. Yeah. So, if you're thinking that you might need to use this kind of road because you want to get out there amongst God and his creatures, or whatever you want to want to call the wilds there, you definitely should have some effective way to cut wood, or at least drag it, which would be like a stout enough towing cable or chain, stout rope. And a vehicle capable of. And a vehicle capable of doing that. And you knowing how to attach the thing to your car properly so you don't pull parts off your car when you attach and start gunning it. uh, If you just try and attach to a bumper or hook under a bumper or something on a lot of these modern cars, you just pop your bumper off. And that wasn't very effective, now was it? Um, Almost every car has some type of attachment somewhere. But... Often it's underneath, and often you'll end up tearing up your aerodynamics stuff. So, just something to keep in mind because they're designed to—I mean, they're designed to have something so they can be hooked up and delivered. So there's, you know, delivery hooks or delivery hard points of nothing else. So, um, but know where they are and how to find them. Uh, if you're serious about it, the optimal thing would be to have a. Uh, winch attached firmly enough to the frame of the truck that you can winch yourself out if you get stuck. That's beyond a lot of people's means, but at least you should consider whether or not it's beyond your means. Right, and frankly, if you have a winch in on the bumper of your truck, you need to know how to use it, too. It's not just as easy as having it. You actually have to know how to operate it and how to secure it to something and how to actually do it so that it'll get your truck unstuck rather than rip the bumper off your truck. Or pull down a dead tree onto the top of your car by when you try and winch. Uh, that would not be a good time. No. But good tip. A lot of mutters have that. And the other thing is if you're tempted to swerve around an obstacle, swerve around a uh, animal, something like that, be aware that you're likely to get into soft territory much faster. If if we were to go off the paved road right here, we still have solid roadbed for another foot beyond that, even though it's graveled. And even though it's tilted at a very bad angle, and you'll probably end up in the ditch anyway. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be the best place to go, but we wouldn't immediately sink up to our axles. If this was a gravel road, getting that far off the intended roadbed would probably have a sinking up. To our axles. Right. Absolutely. And you absolutely want to go slow enough that these hazards come in 
that you have time to stop for these hazards and uh, get the ones out of the way that you can easily get out of the way before you run into them. Another thing to think about and you want to pay attention to, if you, you're in a situation where you're considering, hey, we may have to bug out in a few days, pay attention to the weather. If it's been dry, even a mud road is good when it's dry. It may be rutted. It may be hard on the on the vehicle. You may be rubbing here and there. But you can get by in a, in a, in a mud road. And by dry, I mean been dry for a week. I don't mean been dry for two days because it can dry a crust on top of mud. And that, that crust can and will collapse. Any amount of rain, and a lot of these roads will have low water crossings. And if you are not 100% stone cold positive, you know the footing's solid enough, and you got enough clearance, do not attempt running water. Do not attempt to cross it. You would be amazed at how quickly it can pick up a vehicle and start to shove it off downstream. We've had it happen on a, on a section of paved road between in a tiny little dip between one farm field and the next. No stream in sight. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened there, but it did. Yeah. Tube plug, plugged, and we hit it at night. And we hit it, and boom, we're in the water, and we're starting to float downstream. Yeah, we floated all the way into the opposing lane before we got out of this little bitty dip. So low water crossings, be absolutely certain before you attempt them that you can make them. Right. Running now, water is really dangerous. In truth, if it's a low water crossing in a road, now it's not going to be a if the water is not very tall. I mean, you know, it's six inches, whatever. Um, the road bed itself in that on that low water crossing will be solid, unless it's a mud road. Even eh, even on a mud road, it won't yeah, be a, they usually they, those they, they usually they rock. Pretty, um, even on the they rock roads. those pretty good. So, and then the water running over it cleans off any of the loose. And they, so, oh, there was one other. Um, caution I wanted to bring up. Just because it shows on a map, if it's one of the, these little bitty roads, does not mean it's a real thing. I remember one day I planned a mountain bike ride, and I was going to go the little, the smallest of the public roads. Not to trespass on, on people's ground, but the smallest of the public roads. I had my mountain bike. It was a great plan, until I got to one leg of my trip, and discovered that the farmer has had decided that that road was used so little he was just going to make a cornfield out of it. Right. He'd even taken the culverts out, so the bridges were gone. And what should have been a road and showed on the county plat maps and things like that, as a road was just completely non-existent. Plus, you have the overgrowth problem we started out with. Was that road in the south part of the county? Yes. Okay, there's a story that goes with that road. Um, God, God, this guy's coming fast. Sorry. Go on, you wanted past. Driving like an idiot. Go on, I know it's a no-passing zone, but who cares? You sure don't. Yeah, we had a guy who decided he needed to go 70 with his giant pickup truck. Okay. I am taking a picture of what we call a mud road. We just happened to pass one. So I'm taking a picture right now. Of what we call a mud road. You'll, for those of you who don't uh, know what a mud road is, well, this picture, this picture will show you why. Road characteristics vary by region. Like in the southern part of the state, they don't have mud roads because you scrape off their two inches of topsoil and you've got a a rock road. That looks like a mud road to you. That's a mud road. That's a mud road. 
this this road right now is perfectly dry, perfectly passable, even though it rained yesterday. It didn't rain that much. But I bet if we went down the hill on the other side of that, would find pretty good muck at the bottom of it. I bet we're not going either. I bet we're not going to try. Because I was just kidding about rental cars can go everywhere. They do pretty good, but they can't really go everywhere. Yeah. So anytime you see a road like that, which is dirt, and it starts to have, I mean, just dirt. If the, if the road surface is dirt, that is a mud road waiting to happen. So, you know. Which is fine, but if you if you choose a bug out location that's on the other side of one of those roads, you just need to know. It may not be passable for you when you need to bug out. Keep an eye out for washouts because in a lot of places the the roads are the best places for water to run when it rains. And you get this enormously deep erosion ditches. Very localized. So if you came upon them in a hurry, you can drop off a wheel into them. Before you even see them, if you're not paying attention. Right. And they usually have big chunks of rock and, and uh, chunks of uh, wood stuck in the bottom of them. I uh, took a picture of one when I was on my little uh, two-mile walk that way. Not only did it have those things, it had a lovely bit of old barbed wire fence in there. With the wire sticking out just perfect to flat practically any tire. you got to watch those guys. Sometimes what? you need to use these roads. I mean, they're, they're the ones that go out to the middle of nowhere where you may want to be. But you want to be aware that it's just not the same kettle of fish as driving on a nicely maintained paved road. Right. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, too, and this doesn't come as much where we live, but the further north you go, the more of a problem it can be, is a lot of times roads are kind of cut through hills. So you'll have, like right now, we're driving through the hills of each side of the road is taller than the road. I mean, they kind of stick up. So the road doesn't exactly follow the contour of the earth. On a highway like this, that isn't that big of a deal. But on some of these gravel roads, you know, you can be basically a sun, in a sunken lane 8, 10 feet below the hill on each side. And that matters in the winter because that... That's if you get one collect. of these drifting snowstorms, you get a blizzard or even close to a blizzard, those suckers will be drifted shut. And you're not getting in and out short of a snowplow getting through there. With the right kind of snow quality, uh, a moderate wind can do it. It doesn't have to be anywhere near a blizzard. Right, and we get it on the highway. But the highways here are maintained at least to a degree. But the smaller the rural road the less maintained they're going to be. And if you get off into a gravel road, you know, they're going to be as much maintained by the people who live on the road than they are by the state. Yeah, a lot of the people who live back there will have little plows on the front of their trucks so they can get out in the winter. That's just the way it is. And then school buses will run on on the uh, hard roads only. If you're driving down one of these roads, also keep your eyes out for places you can turn around if you need to. So you know where they are. Right. Some of these roads really are one-lane roads, and if you're driving a big, fat rig, you're going to have real problems. You know, driving a big camper or something like down here, you know, you're going to back up a long way, or they are. And if you're hauling a trailer that you don't usually haul and you're not skilled at, good luck with that. Trying to back them up in some of these skinny little farm field pullouts. Oh, do you see that? Do you remember seeing that trailer where the guy just jackknifed the heck out of it? Yep. Yeah. 
it was on a recent trip we did. Memorial Day weekend. Clearly, it was a vacation guy who probably doesn't haul his fifth wheel very often and won't ever be hauling that particular fifth wheel again. Or driving that particular truck again. Yeah. He jackknifed it and then rolled it. Right. So, um, this is what's known as a bad thing. And that was on a perfectly good paved road. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (coughs) Goodness. Yeah, the wind caught him, so... Anyway, roads. Just pay attention to them. All right? Good driving. Talk to you later.